Welcome to the Two Principles Podcast, the ultimate destination for principals, leaders, and educators. That's right. We're diving deep into the important stuff, the ups and downs of mental health, the secrets to managing stress effectively, figuring out that elusive work-life balance, and mastering the art of being an effective leader. So sit back, relax, and get ready to embark on an incredible journey with us as we explore the fascinating world of life and leadership. So whether you're a principal, leader, a busy parent, educator, or someone on a mission to make a positive impact in the world, this podcast is for you. The Two Principles Podcast, life and leadership talk inside and out. A better you makes for a better today. It starts with you. One, two, three, four. Good luck. <coughs> hey, good luck to you, man. <laughs> Don't strike up. Hey, Kev, let's, uh, you know, the cold outside, we are finally, Minnesota weather, the no cold snow, came, though. I know it, it's got a little, we got a little bit of it that covers it a little yeah. bit, which is fine, but it's just cold right now, right? And when I think of cold, like this past weekend, man, I mm-hmm. was into like baked goods. Do you like baked? Mm, uh, yes and no. I'll eat them, but not as much. I'm more comfort food. And like, I like a good soup. We made some soups over the weekend. That's boring, dude. I want I love soup. I, uh, soup. I like soup. I do. Uh, I do like soup, but I do. Well, I like you know, soup too. We do have a habit of every time we go to the grocery store, we share one chocolate donut. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, like we donut every once in a while. Yeah, or like a muff. You know what I had this weekend? Are you a big banana bread guy? I do like banana bread. I yes. love banana bread. And my my grandma, you know, who passed away, but she has a recipe that's fantastic. And I add these dark chocolate chips to it. And then I spread some butter on it, man. It is so mm. good. Like, you know, when you're supposed to only have like one serving or <laughs> one slice, yeah. I can eat the whole loaf at one time. Put nuts in it? Walnuts? I don't, I, no, I don't like nuts. No, in I, like, I do. I do. I, yeah, that's good. You know, that's the preference, right? Everybody <laughs> likes it how they do. But yeah, but banana bread, man, I could eat that up. Uh, like you said, donuts are good. Or like, you know, like a, a cinnamon roll or a caramel roll. Oh, yeah. man. And it was cold this weekend. And so I really, you know, speaking of, you know, nutrition and, you know, I always want to try to keep, we always talk about we're on our, you know, journeys to keep mm-hmm. ourselves. I kind of, I said, you know what, this weekend, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put some good old baked goods in my body. And man, they were good. You think there's some science behind that? Do you think like thousands and millions of years ago when it got cold, there was this instinct to just eat more calories to survive? <laughs> probably. There's probably some science back there. I bet. I bet there I is. There is. Cause you get, yeah. You feel so you like don't feel bad out. about it. Don't feel okay. bad. You're just trying to survive. I'm just, just trying to survive, buddy. Hey, I want to, I also want to talk here, Kevin, about remembering a colleague uh, in the principal world. And, you know, we learned, you know, this past week, and I know when this comes out, it'll be, uh, you know, a week or two past that. But, you know, it, it's just with extreme sadness to share that Iowa principal Dan Marburger has died as a result of. The wounds he sustained in the shooting at Perry High School on January 4th. And it's really hard for me to even say that because mm-hmm. we are living, breathing principles. And a lot of the folks on our sh- that listen to us are principles too. And, you know, it's like one of, it's like one of, it's like, to me, it's like a family member. You know, they're 
part of our group. It's part of our whatever. And it's just, it's really sad. And I, you know, a lot of people talk about like a hero center principal, Marburger, a hero in his yep. efforts to try to stop the shooter. And that's just something I pray that I wish it would just never happen. I just hope it never happened. You know, never have to ever deal with that. But man, I just hearts, my heart goes out to the family of Dan and the whole, just the whole community of Perry High School. I just, it's just, it's a really sad deal. It is. It's, I mean, couldn't have said it any better. I mean, it's just unthinkable and it's far too common. And um, I hate getting used to it, to be honest with you. I do too. It's, I don't, I just like it. I don't like it at all, my friend, because we're all in this business together. We're mm -hmm. trying to do the best we can. And um, it just, yeah, again, I just, I think from both of us, we want to send prayers of peace and comfort yes. to Dan's family, friends, and just the whole Perry High School community. And, you know, um, let's just dedicate this show today, whatever we do today, let's dedicate it to Dan and all the principals out there. So, Kev, uh, you ready here, pal? I am ready, like always. Let's do our best. Let's raise that frequency today. Yeah, let's go out and spread some good out in the podcast universe. Hey, episode 2P58. We are so excited to be checking in with you today. I'm Jason Paris. I'm Kevin Jost. Hey, and we are the two principals. If this is your first time tuning into the 2P pod, we appreciate you checking us out. Uh, we would love for you to follow, subscribe, rate our show, spread the word to your friends, your colleagues. Let us let them know about what we're doing on the show. If you're returning, welcome back. And just want to thank you for tuning in today. Yeah, absolutely. We're two principals, man. We are living, breathing. We're in the trenches every day, pal, aren't we? We are yeah. in the trenches every day. And we enjoy hanging out. We enjoy life. And uh, both Kevin and I are trying to get better every day. We're on our journey, and hopefully you are on your journey to a healthier and happier you, one step at a time, one conversation at a time. Really quick, want to make mention of our blog. You know, you can check us out on the web, our website, www.twoprinciples.com. There you'll find just a little bit about us. You'll also find a weekly blog. We send it out on Sundays. It's just really, it's a quick read. We, uh, we kind of pick a topic that maybe Kevin and I are thinking about or talking about and what are some strategies, what are some things that we could be figuring out and working on this, and we put it out there. And hopefully that's, uh, that, that can help you because I know it helps us. And then obviously you can interact with us on social media. We're out there, X, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, all that good stuff. We love to um, just see what's going on out in the world there, and that's a good way for us to check in and meet people and get to know people. I know you and I both, we've met some cool people out there on the uh, social media world. Absolutely. There's a lot of people out there. <laughs> there it's a are. big internet. It's a big internet. It's a big internet, and there's yeah. a lot of great things happening out there and great Absolutely. things that people are doing, so I love it. Hey, Kev, you got a, you've got the song for today's show. I don't even, what are we you, going with you here? bet I do. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. Hang on. I screwed up. Wrong song. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right. See if I can pick it up. Oh, yeah. Remember the Titans, right? Came out of the movie Remember the Titans? That's right. Fantastic movie. Oh, great, too. Good pick, pal. Ain't no mountain high enough. 
Don't you just want to help somebody when you hear this song? Love it. Yeah, absolutely, man. It, it really, when you think about the message, it's like you said, it's you want to help somebody, support somebody, love somebody. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just, man, it's kind of love, man. Just, I love it, man. Good pick today. All right. Hey, I, thanks for that's yeah, a great that's a great pick, and especially for the topic too today that we're going to get to here in a second. But uh, random question of today's show: You're a big fitness dude, and last week we had our good boy, good friend, just <laughs> Dr. J. Man, he just oh every God. time I start thinking about him, I get fired up. But Dr. Yep. J, we had a great uh, great episode last uh, that's out there, two P fifty seven. Yep. So yeah, if you haven't checked that out, but anyway, this is a good one, fitness. This uh, so. Yeah. Thinking about this. So, Kevin, would you rather be able to run a marathon without any training? So, just your couch I've to... It. I've done it. Yep. Don't suggest it. Couch to marathon, right? Yeah. Just don't, there's no training. You can't even, yep. like, run at all. You just have to run it. Or yep. would you be able to... Or would you rather be able to lift twice your body weight without any prior strength training? So, you've never lifted a weight. What would you rather be able to do? Oh, the second. I think I'd rather do that. I'm getting older, and the more I realize how important strength is, I'm losing my strength. You get, and there's, you know, there's statistics out there. You oh, lose tons of it. X number of percent, you know, from 45 on or whatever yep. it is. So yeah, I'd, I'd rather be strong, I guess. Yeah, yeah I, that'd I be kind of cool. I mean, both of them, I think, would be cool. I mean, if you could just boom, like, I mean, you've done it. You've done the marathon without training. I've never, I've ran a marathon, but I had to train and I put my body through all sorts of crap to get through to finish that one. But yeah, lifting twice your body weight without any prior strength training, man, I think that'd be cool. That's important. I think, you know, when when we talk about uh, fitness and health and all that stuff, you know, finding some time for cardio, but also finding time for strength training. I think you got to find that balance to do that, to keep that going. But that was today's question, folks. Hope you enjoyed it. And maybe, you are picking uh, the marathon or maybe you're picking uh, twice your body weight lifting that but hey kevin today's topic today's show we're going to be talking about calm and collected managing anxiety in high stress principal roles i mean talk about anxiety every day all right mm-hmm. how do you find your zen how do you cope with this how do you cope with the stress from the role you know, there is the power of mindfulness. We talk a lot about that. Keeping your cool, right? How do you stay calm and collected when you have that anxiety and all that stuff? You know, you said it like every day you're navigating something and it could be something big, could be something small. Balancing out, you know, making sure you're keeping sane in the role that we're doing. Rising above, you know, how do you do that? I mean, there's, there's tools for managing all this stuff. We're going to talk about that today. Panic. That's, I mean, that's a real thing. Panic attacks are a real thing and anxiety attacks and depression and all that stuff. So we're going to talk about that today. And, you know, the whole about finding peace in the chaos of the principalship. Can you do that, dude? Can you? I mean, when I say finding peace in the chaos of the principalship, can you do that? Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I think it's a... I think it's an everyday practice. And I don't think you ever actually... I don't think there's a finish line. It's not like you can say, oh, I mastered my ability to manage chaos. That's it. I'm good. I think you're, I think you're constantly honing that skill um, because nothing's ever stagnant. You're, 
you might deal with one situation, you know, a situation, and then next year you might deal with the exact same situation and react entirely different because your life is different. Absolutely. You're in a different place emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. And so I just think it's just an everyday thing. Oh, absolutely. That's a great point there. Hey, hey today's episode, Kevin and I, we're going to be addressing this crucial issue of managing anxiety in high-stress principal positions. We both understand the unique challenges that principals face, and we want to share some tools with you to navigate these pressures effectively. In our increasingly demanding educational landscape, school principals face numerous principals or numerous challenges every day. And I'm thinking about principals, just what we were talking about before. I mean, think about where we were 20 years ago, 30 years ago, where we are now, the safety drills we got to do, all that stuff. I mean, you know, sometimes these even the anxiety of going into work. What if something were to happen like we talked about at the start of the show? I mean, that causes a lot of anxiety, but principals face numerous challenges every day that can impact their personal well-being and leadership effectiveness. Absolutely. So it's, so today we're going to dive into some critical topics. The, the critical topic of stress management, like you mentioned, uh, the well-being strategies for principals. Join us as we explore practical insights, actionable steps that principals can take to enhance their resilience, ultimately trying to find that balance and prioritizing their mental health, again, in the midst of their demanding roles, like you said, in the midst of chaos. Okay, it that's is. that is a uh, <laughs> it's a word you don't throw out lightly, but sometimes that feels like what it is. I know, and I think that's why it's so important. I think you know we always talk about why we have these conversations, right? We're mm-hmm. in the trenches of this every day, but we know the importance of taking care of your mental health, and so we're going to spend some time on that because here's the deal: I've struggled with anxiety. I, I mean, I, I've had bad episodes of it, and I'm just going to be completely honest. I've had to do a lot of different things to get me to where I'm at now, but that doesn't mean I still don't have, you know, anxiety and there's different levels of it. And so today we're going to talk about that, but I want to kind of frame it today for really what is the definition of anxiety? And when we talk about the principalship, what does that look like? So anxiety for a principal can refer to any type of feelings of worry, apprehension, or nervousness uh, that can, that can often be accompanied by physical symptoms such as increased heart rate, muscle tension, or difficulty concentrating. In the context of the principal's role, anxiety can arise from various sources, including the demanding nature of the responsibilities that we have, the pressures to meet academic and administrative standards, that there's a lot of pressure there, the interpersonal conflicts within the school community, or challenges related to student behavior and academic performance. So that's what I'm talking about when we're talking about anxiety for the principalship. And it may, an anxiety for a principal can manifest as concerns about effectively managing the school, supporting the academic growth and well-being of students, addressing staff and faculty needs, maintaining a safe and inclusive school environment like we were talking about, meeting the expectations of district administrators and parents. Just by me talking about that right now, I even feel myself yeah, a little bit absolutely. anxious. Sure, for sure. And, you know, some other things that can look like anxiety can impact the principal's ability to lead effectively. I mean, if you just mentioned all those things that you just talked about, I mean, very right in the first part, you mentioned being able to concentrate. Well, if you're having trouble concentrating, you're going to have a hard time leading effectively. Um, you've got decreased focus. You've got inability to make crucial decisions uh, in a timely manner. 
or in an effective manner. Uh, you're definitely straining relationships with staff and students and parents. So definitely, you know, it's critical to, to manage anxiety in a way that you can fulfill your leadership responsibilities and, and be kind of just healthy and productive um, overall. Absolutely. I want to talk to you about, you know, we kind of framed what is what are we talking about when we're talking about anxiety in the principalship, right? We laid that out. So why is managing anxiety in high-stress principal roles crucial? Well, there's several reasons. Uh, number one, you're talking about being able to perform as a leader. I mean, when I say perform, I'm talking about the ability to be effective, make decisions, and really just kind of move the building in the direction that it needs to go uh, effectively. And so if you're having high levels of stress and anxiety, obviously it's going to impact their, your ability to do that. Um, you're going to be less productive. Again, you're going to be um, experiencing some, you know, impaired decision-making abilities. And that's just going to, you know, compound and kind of snowball into a lot of things. So, I mean, that's one reason, mm -hmm. just impact on performance. Um, then there's just the general... I don't know, I'm going to call it gen the general well-being or kind of culture of your team. You know, we have a team and definitely I think if one person is experiencing high levels of anxiety and stress and they're not coping with that in a positive or healthy way, um, that's going to impact the synergy of that team. Um, so that's the second reason. Um, We've got, oh, geez, everything related to, um, right? I mean, we've got the whole social-emotional arena, the mental and emotional well-being of, of leaders. That's going to directly impact the ability to support those students that are in need of those types of um, supports. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, just, I mean, feeling feeling that pressure, that anxiety, that that stress, I mean, it really, in my mind, it really just kind of freezes you. And it just allow it doesn't allow you to move forward in a productive and effective manner. And you're just kind of, I always kind of equate it to, you know, you're walking through, you know, wet cement. Um, you're just kind of slogging through and you're not being able to, you're not able to pay attention to the things that matter. Um, let's see, what else we got? You got well, some? Yeah, I got a couple. And then I want to kind of add on to what you're saying there yeah. about, you know, it's really as principles, the first the big piece is to be able to recognize it, be aware of it, and understand, right, that maybe you're dealing with anxiety. And like I said, there's different levels of it, too. You know, there's stuff that maybe you have the this uneasiness feeling or whatever, and then there's the deepness of it, too, of, like, can really take you uh, to maybe off your, you know, like you, you were talking about, making decisions and all that other stuff, and it can really play a part. So it's so important as a principal and as a leader they a you're aware of it and b that you're gonna find to do you're gonna do something because the other couple pieces that I'd want to say in in the why is managing anxiety crucial is that you touched on it a little bit but it's the culture principles a, you play a significant part in influencing the culture of your school and when you are prioritizing your own mental well-being and demonstrating some healthy coping strategies, you as a principal and as a leader can help create a culture of, we've heard this word before, resilience, empathy, and support within your school community. So it really has to do with like you were talking about culture. And then the last one, I like it or not, you got into this role as a principal, you are a role model. You're a role model for others. People are going to look at you. People are going to 
like it or not, they're going to judge you. They're going to look Absolutely. at what you're wearing. You, they might say, hey, did you get a haircut? They might, you know, they might, all that, whatever it is. But you are a role model. You're looked up to as a role model by your staff and your students. Like that or not, you might disagree with me on that, but you are a role model. And so I think if effectively figuring out ways to manage your stress and anxiety, that's going to set a positive example and it's going to promote a healthy approach to your mental well-being and resilience in the face of challenges. And, I, and that, to me, can inspire others to do the same. Because if someone's looking at you and seeing you go through something or how you're dealing with it, maybe that little thing that you're doing inspires them to do the same. That's, that's really important. So when we're talking this topic of ma managing anxiety and this high-stress principal roles, it's vital for your well-being. Um, both, you know, both for you as the school principal and it's important that you're dealing with it because you've got the school community too. And when yeah. you're addressing, you know, when we're talking about this topic, this is a big one for me because you know, I came on the show and I told you, man, I, I've yeah. struggled with anxiety and I, I still, I'm working on things. I've got things in my toolkit and my strategies and all that stuff. And I used to years ago be like, oh my God, I would never tell somebody that. I, 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 that's just something I deal with and I'll talk about it. I, you know, I have no problem talking about it, but we have to address this topic. When we address this topic and we talk about it, we're going to enhance our leadership capabilities, the support of well-being of your team, and ultimately positively impact the learning environment and outcomes for your student in your community yeah. there. So, I want to add something. I mean, you, those yeah. are all phenomenal things and they're hundred percent accurate and we kind of touched on it, but there's also the human side of this, right? You got to take care of yourself physically because somebody who is dealing with chronic anxiety, not managing their anxiety and their stress, you're just shortening your life. I mean, I'm just going to get down to it. I mean, yeah, you yeah. are absolutely shortening your life. You are causing all sorts of havoc inside your, the sustained cortisol levels, you know, all the stuff, right? So, I mean, mm -hmm. there is the school side of it and that is your job, but from a human side of it, um, there's a whole health, re, you know, health component to this, obviously, as, as people know. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, there's absolutely, you got the personal side of it, right? And then you got the professional side of it, but you hit the nail on the head, man. It, it, you got to go in where it starts with you. You got to take care of yourself. But let's, I want to move into uh, when you're managing anxiety in the high stress principal roles, mm -hmm. it can have both positive and negative impacts on principals. So I want you to talk about some of the positive impacts of managing your anxiety. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's going to sound, you know, it's kind of the opposite of what we just talked about. The first one I'm going to talk about is decision making. You know, somebody who is effectively managing their anxiety and, and their stress about their day, they're going to be able to make some decisions more more effectively, you know, more clearly with more rational thought processes, you know, ultimately leading to some better judgment and some more strategic action and whatnot. So um, when you're feeling when you're feeling anxious, I mean, think about I, mean, I just thought of this. Think about a time when maybe you were so anxious that your heart rate really increased. Okay. I don't know if you can think of one off the top of your head, but think about that. What is your body actually doing? Your body is actually making sure that your heart gets enough blood to pump to your muscles so you can get out of dodge if you need to, if you're that anxious about something, right? Well, if that's happening, if all your blood's going, your, your, your oxygen is going to your muscles 
It's not going to your brain. That's why it's hard to make decisions when you're feeling anxious because there is a absolutely a physiological response to, to being anxious. And so that's my remember. Yeah. You remember Dr. Heidi? Yeah. And as you're talking about, that's what we have to listen to her. She talks about listening to your body, right? And and really uh, paying attention to that because she talked about, we have all the tools to do Mm -hmm. what we need to do, but we had to do a better job of listening to that. And you you made that, you made a great point. So that's my first one is better decision-making. You know, this one's kind of broad, but just in general, I think if you're effectively managing your stress and your your anxiety, you're going to be, you're going to be more effective as a leader. You are, again, to, to a point that you just made, you are a role model. You are a driving force as to the type of culture, the perception of your building. Well, it's just a fact. I mean, that's just how it is. And so if you're calm and collected and you're managing those, those anxious, you're, you're leading your teams more effectively, you're communicating more effectively, you use the word, you're inspiring people, you're showing confidence, and then you're just emulating that, that positive and productive work environment. And so um, that's a broad, you know, benefit, but, but we'll go with it. Kind of just yeah. effective. Um, resiliency, being able to be resilient, being able to mm-hmm. adapt. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Anxiety is the, is the fear of the unknown. It's the inability to know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, the, what's the classic um, moment of anxiety for somebody to get, get up and speak in front of people because they mm-hmm. don't know what's going to happen. And of course, we always fear the worst. We think the worst is going to happen. We never think, oh my God, I'm going to get up there and I'm going to kill it and everybody's going to give me a standing ovation. So if you are able to be resilient and get through moments and adapt throughout your day, that is a positive thing, obviously. And again, you're role modeling that. You're being someone that is showing other people how to do that. And so that's a positive thing. And I'm going to go back to just, again, kind of that 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 culture piece mm-hmm. um creating that that just overall well-being creating that supportive and empathetic uh, school call and and really just kind of emulating as a whole how you want that uh, that school to kind of be perceived there's more positives for sure um how about negatives there's got to be some negatives you got some yeah there's yeah i do and what i want to just be real here man nine years ago um burnt out exhaustion i was dealing with chronic stress and chronic anxiety. I was at a really bad place. Man, I was, I mean, I've shared, I've shown, I mean, you and I are, are going to be speaking, you know, by the, we're speaking about that, uh, both you and I, but you've seen pictures. I've seen pictures mm-hmm. of you too, but I was dealing with chronic stress and anxiety and I just didn't feel good. I didn't feel good about my job. I didn't feel good about anything. And that, I just really was burnt out, exhausted, and I wasn't able to cope with the demands of my role. And that was just resulting in a negative impact on me personally, with my family, all that stuff, and ultimately my job performance. So that to me is the biggest negative impact I can say if you're not managing anxiety. And that stress, that's the biggest thing. And that's just me speaking the truth of where I was nine years ago. And then I would say it was kind of like a roller coaster for me for a while. And it's been within probably the last three years where I've really be, been able to settle in on some things and just really do some things differently in my life to help me out where I'm at. But that's one. The other, the other negative impacts, I mean, really that, ex, that I'll call it excessive stress and the excessive anxiety that can impair your ability to make. And you said it earlier, rational decisions. If you're constantly under that stress and anxiety, 
you are going to have a little bit more difficult time making those rational decisions, which could lead to potential, you know, errors on something or judgment in critical situations. So that, that would be one. A couple other ones I could say is, again, the impact that you can have on team morale. If you as a principal have these high stress levels and people can feel your energy, people can see what is happening, that can negatively impact the morale and the well-being of your team, of your staff, of your community, which I hate to say it, man, can potentially lead to higher staff turnover, um, sure. decreased productivity and strained relationships. We're speaking truth here today, man. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything here, but if you're not, and, and listen, anxiety is a real thing. I'm, I've told you right from the start of the show, I've struggled with it. Um, I've been working on it. I continually work on it, but you got to seek some support here because these are some of the negative impacts. And the last one, you talked about this earlier, really at the end of the day, it impacts your health. And me, pal, you know this, I had two trips to the emergency room thinking I was having a heart attack. That was from work, wasn't it? That was from work. Yep. That was the stress, the anxiety, wasn't taking care of myself, but that can have detrimental effects on your physical health, your mental health, it's gonna impact your overall well-being and really increases the risk of, like you were talking about, let's just get real to it. If you're not gonna deal with it, you're gonna have long-term health issues. Yeah, so I would love to, I would, I feel like you should be the guest on an episode here. Cause I would, cause you and I, I didn't know you then. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I knew mm -hmm. who you were, but I didn't, we weren't, we didn't have a working relationship. I would love to know what's changed for you because the demands of the job haven't gotten easier. No. If anything, I'd say they've gotten harder. So not that I want to spend 20 minutes on it, but I mean, generally speaking, what has changed for you in the last nine years that you are now able to, you know, take the punches, so to speak? Well, the first thing I had to do is I had to do some inner work and I had to reach out and I started seeing a therapist and that was probably the start of it. And then, you know, like I said, I don't want to spend 20 minutes yeah. going into all the things, but that was the start of what I started to do. And it's just kind of, it's taken me on a roller coaster, sure. but yet I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a, like I said, the last three years, I feel like I'm in a really good spot. I continue to grow and I continue to learn. And we have, and that, and these conversations that we have, the stuff that you and I read about during the week or research during the week and put these things together or share information or whatever, like that helps me too, because yeah. it's, it, it, you know, being around it and talking to people. Uh, do you have anything else you want to add here to, to wrap up? Yeah. Managing anxiety and high stress principal roles can positively impact the principal's leadership effectiveness. For sure, their decision-making abilities uh, and again, just their overall well-being of the school community. Conversely, excessive stress, like we've talked about, that chronic stress and anxiety, that's, of course, going to lead to negative outcomes such as burnout, like you talked about, reduced performance, the adverse impacts on the school culture and team dynamics potentially, hurting relationships. With that said, it is essential for principals to prioritize their mental well-being and develop effective strategies for managing stress and anxiety in their roles. It is absolutely vital that they do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, really, if you're uh, if you're out there listening and maybe you are struggling, um, man, uh, we're here for you. And there's ways to cope. There's ways to deal with it. And we're, you know, 
we're going to talk some of those things. But the first thing I would say is just always reach out. But Kevin, we talked about a lot of the, you know, what is this and how does it impact the principalship? How does it impact principles? A lot of the pros, the positives, the negative impacts, all that stuff. But I always like to get into, and this is some of the fun stuff that you and I do, some of the statistics and facts about like, why is it important? So go ahead. Yeah, there, you know, we always try to pull up some stats just to kind of kind of tie into what we're talking about. And uh, so I'm just going to kind of go through some of these. Um, according to the National Association of Elementary School Principals, about 73% of principals report experiencing daily job-related stress. Numerous research findings and general leadership statistics that shed light on the prevalence of stress and the importance of well-being for leaders in various fields. Some relevant statistics and findings include the following. According to one survey conducted by the American Psychological Association, 69% of employees reported that work is a significant source of stress. Um, This statistic emphasizes the prevalence of work-related stress across different professional roles. So we're not just talking about education, uh, including leadership positions. Another study published by the Harvard Business Review found 58% of leaders reported that they are more stressed compared to three years ago, which is interesting. I'm not sure when this study was actually conducted, but uh, this indicates stress management is a critical issue for leaders, again, across different industries. And then um, we've got another research from the Gallup organization suggests that leaders who are resilient and well-supported have teams that are 21% more productive than those led by leaders who are not resilient or experiencing ill stress and anxiety. And now a word about our partner, HealthWise Behavioral Health and Wellness. As a team of experienced licensed psychologists, clinical therapists, medical professionals, and mind-body practitioners, HealthWise offers a wide range of mental health services for individuals of all ages. HealthWise is grounded in a philosophy that considers the whole person. Located right here in Maple Grove, Minnesota, HealthWise is ready and able to assist you with becoming the best version of yourself. And now back to the show. We've got a global survey by Willis Towers Watson. Only one in four, so only 25% of employees strongly agree that their employer encourages them to take time off to care for their personal well. That one blows me away. That one blows me away. 25%. That is horrible. That is horrible to go to a job where you your your boss doesn't value your well-being, your mental, your, that blows, that makes, honestly, it makes me kind of sad, to be honest. It does, yeah, it does. Um, so that one's horrible. Um, we've got a report by the Center uh, Center for Creative Leadership, found leaders are less likely to seek help for mental health issues compared to non-leaders. Now, Why thing, do you think that is? I, well, I think it's, be, I think, this is my own theory, I don't have anything to back it up, but I think people are worried about being judged. I speak from personal experience. I know my anxiety, um, I've mentioned this before on some past episodes, um, I would say the majority of my anxiety stems from that notion, that I'm worried about what other people are thinking about me. I don't necessarily, like, I don't know, we all pick and choose things that we're anxious about. I don't get anxious necessarily about, like, parent confrontation or big decisions at school. I get worried, I get worried that people are judging me. And I've, you know, it's something I battle with. And so... But yeah, so that's interesting. Now, something we can tie into that is obviously, you know, in our past episodes with Bob Driver with MASSP, 
you know, it's so phenomenal that he's set up the uh, mental health piece and giving leaders the option to speak with a licensed therapist. So I just think that's phenomenal. So, and you know, we're talking a lot about, obviously we're talking about managing anxiety, but we, the term we're talking a lot about is stress, right? Yeah. Stress. Cause when you're talking anxiety, you can also be talking stress, right? For sure. For sure. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, they, they illustrate the prevalence of, of stress in professional environments, the impact of leader well-being on organizational performance and the challenges leaders face in prioritizing their own well-being. They underscore the importance of promoting well-being and stress management strategies for leaders, including school principals, uh, to support their effectiveness and overall mental health. Um, you know, you talk about stress, you know, it's funny that we... Do you think if you ask the average person is stress negative or positive, what would they say? Negative. Yep. Now, I'm going to flip that a little bit. If you are working out and your goal is to get stronger, is stress negative or positive? It's positive. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah. Is it, why is it that we have to look at stress? I mean, maybe we just need to shift our minds a little bit differently and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to squat, right? I'm going to squat 200 pounds. If I don't do it correctly, that stress is going to hurt me, mm -hmm. but I'm going to do it correctly. And now it's a positive thing. Mm -hmm. We need to look at, we need to look at our stress and our jobs like that. Like I need to walk in every day and go, okay, I'm going to handle this stress positively. I'm going to approach it the right way. And this stress is going to make me stronger. That that's uh... I was just thinking about it's mindset, right? Mm -hmm. It's having a positive mindset yeah. and what you just said there about like maybe you're dealing with some of these, the stress and all that stuff at your work, which causes anxiety. And maybe you say is this is going to help me become stronger and better and more resilient and all that. So it, it is a lot of the mindset and what we look at. So I think that's a great point, Kevin. But you got to do it the right way, right? You got to have the right tools. You got to have the right strategies. You can't just push through it. Uh, let's get into some. Let's get into some other stuff. Um, I'm just going to ask you. So, what are some common triggers? You know, for anxiety, high stress principle. What are, what are some things that are happening that typically someone in this position might feel anxious about? Yeah, and I'll even share some of my own personal ones too. But I mean, I just think all of the administrative duties that come on the plates of principles, all the things that you're tasked with. I was uh, just recently having a conversation with uh, mentoring uh, somebody who's going into uh, the principalship and having a, I try to schedule a weekly meeting and just go over uh, some of the things of the past week and then also look ahead. But we were having this conversation and it was so interesting, all the different things that I was talking about and all the different areas and duties that happen within one day. And there's yeah. so much of that. And that is the something that I think sometimes gets lost is you're in so many different buckets of different things at all times and you're making decisions and you're, you're trying to figure different things out. So that to me was, you know, something that again, another aha, I, I knew it, but it's just, it's good to talk. Um, obviously student issues. I mean, we're constantly dealing mm -hmm. with student issues. It could be student issues. I mean, the crises that we're dealing with, you know, we're talking about drugs and chemical use, uh, talking about like student and, and their, ment their own mental health could be, you know, staff issues, 
you know, dealing with sometimes you, you, you have to deal with situations that you don't always want to deal with, yeah. but you have to have those conversations. Those could come about just making decisions in general. I mean, can cause um, trigger anxiety because if you have to make a decision where maybe you need to tell somebody that they're not coming back next year or you're going to make a decision on you're going to share something with your faculty about a decision that's being made and you know that it might not go over well. Right. That causes that anxiety and making decisions or even just if a staff member comes up to you or a parent, it could be a parent, mm -hmm. you know, and you have to tell a parent something that can cause those anxiety. And, you know, at the end of the day, it, the overall arching thing is just meeting the educational standard of what we're supposed to do. That in itself is just an immense amount of stress. So to me, those are some common for me triggers yeah. uh, for anxiety in the in this high stress um principal role yeah you put two thousand people in a building there's going to be things that trigger you <laughs> right i mean <laughs> it's just it's the way it is the way it is let me ask you this though okay we're talking a lot about what it is but there's also things that you can do to maybe help or create let's just say a supportive environment so mm -hmm. kevin how can a principal create a supportive environment for themselves and also their school community yeah I think one of the first things that, that leaders should impress upon themselves, challenge themselves, is just making sure that they're being transparent about their own self-care. That's something that, you know, you just did in this show, talked about your own experience. Um, listen, educators are smart individuals. They know when you're feeding them a line of shit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just the way it is. So, and I do believe over the course of, us going down this journey and in these, these episodes, we've talked to a lot of people and there does seem to be a, a shift. I think the old guard of, Hey, we're just going to grin and bear it. I'm not going to talk about my fears, my anxieties, my worries. Um, and I'm just going to push through and, and I'm going to pull myself up by the bootstraps and I'm just going to do it. I feel like that is starting to shift. And so mm -hmm. I love that. I love that people are willing to, have these conversations and put themselves out there and be more open and transparent because that is ultimately, you know, it's like we talk about, we want people talking about this stuff. We want these conversations to happen. If something's going to change, that is the first thing that needs to happen. And so, you know, just trying to normalize mental health conversations within the school. Um, you know, you're promoting that culture of compassion and understanding and just creating that supportive environment. And it starts with you. It starts with the way that you decide to show up each and every day, the conversations that you have, the little, you know, it's amazing what kind of impact you can have on somebody with just a simple phrase. And, you know, maybe you're being negative. And, um, you know, I think it starts with, what are, you, what are you focusing on? Are you walking into the building every day thinking, oh, here we go. It's going to, who knows what's going to happen? Or are you walking in saying, hey, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen, but whatever it is, we're going to manage it. We're going to handle it. We're going to work together and we're going to focus on the good stuff and we're going to focus on the needs of our staff and our students and, and really try to build a community. So I think it's, uh, I don't know, I kind of rambled there a little bit, but. That, no, that is fantastic. And I can't agree with you more about, again, you've hit it a few times today, but just your mindset and how you go into thing. And we've talked about this, but your thoughts, how, how powerful Extremely. your thoughts are. It starts, I mean, your thoughts, if you want to start dictating the cells in your body and all that stuff, 
and start moving it one way, yeah, you can. Mm -hmm. You can go down the whole negative, this things aren't going to go, or you can start going down, things are going to go well, things are going to be positive. That that thought process can really change a lot of, I mean, I'm not, (laughs) I've read a lot about it, but it can change just the chemistry within your body to start doing that. And so there's so much to it. I love what you just said there about that. Hey, let's get into some some strategy. I've got some I want to go over, and I know you've got some, but let's leave uh, the listeners with uh, some strategies that they that you can implement, you know? So if you're out there right now and you're maybe struggling with, you know, the anxiety piece and how you're doing that, maybe you've got some great strategies. I'd love to hear them too. I mean, I love having conversations with, but there's several strategies that, uh, you know, that can help you manage stress and anxiety in your own personal life, can help you promote overall well-being and resilience and help you as a principal effectively navigate the demands of the role. And so here's one of them. The first one is, I always just think it's, I'm going to start with, but it's boundaries, Mm -hmm. setting clear work life boundaries. And we've been using the word, you and I've been using the word lately about the integration, right? Because there's, you know, we've talked about balance. Can you really balance work life? We've been using the term work life integration, work life wellness. How can you make that happen, but setting clear work-life boundaries, designating specific times for work and your personal activities. Be really clear on that. I mean, I remember John Reeves early on when we chatted with him about that was one of his big thing is really establishing boundaries that you're going to, that's going to allow you to leave work at work, and then you're going to go in and you're going to check in with your family and personal activities. I think too, just scheduling, putting on, putting it on your calendar. When I'm talking about boundaries, for you know, when am I going to go for my? If it's a run, if I'm going uh, for a walk, when am I going to do some hobbies? When am I going to go out with you know friends or family, whatever it is? So establishing boundaries. Another one, and this is you asked me, Kevin, earlier. What is what are what's another thing that I did? Another yeah. big piece was I started to incorporate regular physical activity. Now, where I am today with it is not where I was nine years ago or even three years ago. I've had to build into you know programs and doing things I'm doing now, but I just started to get some regular physical activity going. I mean, that was walking. And then I started to do some like walk jogs and all that kind of stuff. The other big piece, and I know you know this about me, but I really got heavily into yoga for years. I spent time, you know, and I'll still occasionally I'll go back and, uh, you know, I still practice yoga and kind of every, every morning I do some, I would call some yoga, some stretches and poses and all that stuff every morning. But that was a big thing for me, but just finding regular physical uh, forms of activity can help you reduce stress and improve your mood and well-being. Um, mindfulness, I mean, in meditation, that's helped me. I mean, I've talked about this on the show numerous times. Mindfulness is a practice that I continually work on and practice uh, different techniques that uh, help me stay present as a principal, reduce my anxiety, and also build resilience. So uh, give you a couple of examples because people always say, well, what's an example? Could be deep breathing exercises. Could be as simple as the whole they call it the box breathing, right? The breathe in for four, hold for four, exhale for four, you know, for four, and just kind of going in that box. That, that's a simple way to do it. It could be just sitting still 
and just listening and paying attention to your breath and noticing your thoughts and doing that for a couple minutes. You've talked about it, how you like to spend your mornings now with your cup of coffee and just sitting with your cup of coffee. That's a practice you can integrate into your daily routine. Seek support. I talked about, this is a big one for me. I, that's one of the first things I, um, I, I check, I had to check in and do a deep dive in myself and really go through some things. And I had a, a great therapist to help me. Uh, and so I seek support. That's another strategy that I would say. It could even be colleagues. It could be mentors. It could be uh, like, I, I was just talking about professional therapists or counselors, but check in with, you know, a colleague or a mentor. You, we're not, we don't have to do this all by ourselves, right? This right. job is a big job. We can count on others, helps you, you know, gain perspective, gets you some uh, different maybe points of view or guidance and encouragement. And the last thing that I have here, and I know you've got some too, but just another strategy would be time management, utilizing some different time management techniques to prioritize tasks, delegating responsibilities. You know, there are certain things that, you know, you can't always try to do everything. That's why you have a team. That's why you have people in your building that you've hired to do, be able to delegate uh, those tasks to others. Void over commitment. You know, not, don't try to, it's okay to say no mm -hmm. and not to do that. Those are some of the strategies that I think can help folks with anxiety. How about you? Yeah, I got half a dozen or so ideas. Uh, let's start with uh, the first one of making sure you have something to that you enjoy, maybe, you know, a hobby, an interest, and it's making sure that you are carving time out of your week, out of your day, however, however that looks, but make sure you're engaging with that. I mean, if we're going through this life and we're not finding something that we like to do and spending time doing it, then what's the point? <laughs> you know, it might, right. maybe it's photography, maybe it's, um, I mean, it could be anything. It could be anything. It could be putting puzzles together. I don't care. Cooking, whatever. But find something that brings you happiness and a little bit of joy and engage with it. And if you're somebody that says, well, I don't know what I, I don't know what I like to do, figure it out. Take some classes, go do stuff like, like right. work on finding that thing and then spend some time doing it. Social connections. You know, we are um, people that that's, that's what we do as humans. We connect with people. So making sure that you are building and maintaining those positive social connections with colleagues, uh, friends, family members. I mean, you know, colleagues, I mean, we, sometimes we see our colleagues more than we see our families. Absolutely. You know? And so some of our colleagues are some of the best people we know. And so just make sure you're taking time to nurture those, you know, that's going to, have you ever left a good conversation with a good friend and felt worse? No, you always feel better. Right. So to do right. that, here's a big one. And this is one that I have struggled with my entire life and continue to, to this day is better sleep habits. Um, this is a big one. And the older I get, and I'm sure you probably feel the same way, the more you realize how important it is. I mean, when you were 20, you could get by on three hours of sleep for four days, right? I mean, you could just do it. You can't do that anymore. And so making sure that you are prioritizing adequate, consistent is the word that I like. Consistent sleep can significantly impact your stress levels and overall well-being. You know, for the listeners out there that know what a whoop is, I have, I use a whoop and that's fairly new. I've only had it for a couple of months and it's been very interesting to me. You know, it's one of those health trackers, you know, there's other ones out there on the market, but it tells you how you slept the night before. I felt like garbage all day today. And my whoop tells me why. And it's because it tracks your REM sleep, your deep sleep, your light sleep, your awake time. 
for whatever reason, you know, and I find I've noticed a pattern that I sleep worse the night before the new week, the work week. Okay. Uh, so I am now Sunday scares, yes. Sunday scaries. Yep. Or, so yeah, now I am it. trying to be cognizant of that and doing some things the night before to try to lessen that anxiety. And I don't have it figured out. I mean, on the doorstep of this journey, but it's been interesting just for two months to see the data. And now I got to figure out how to mitigate it and work through it. But sleep, sleep is super, super important. Um, embracing the idea of being a learner, making sure that you're engaging in learning and development, continuously seeking opportunities for that personal growth, that professional growth, um, you know, workshops, networking events, you know, just reading, reading literature, um, whether it's books, consuming podcasts on stress management, all of that stuff. Just don't ever get to the point where you just say, nah, I'm good. I don't need to learn anything else. That's not, a, that's not a good place to be. So, um, identify those areas that you have some questions about, be curious, just be curious just, and just learn some information. And then I'm going to say the last one I'm going to leave with is, is making sure that you are giving yourself time to reflect. Um, and that can look a hundred different ways. Maybe you're somebody are somebody that actually journals. Maybe you keep a journal. Uh, maybe you're somebody who just sits down at the end of the day and has a quick conversation with your loved one at home and says, Hey, this is what I noticed about myself today or whatever. But one of the things you and I always talk about, what's one of our sayings, it starts with you. You have to have some ability to reflect on what's going on with you, what you're feeling, why do you think you're feeling that way? And then asking yourself, which direction do I want to go? Is this a problem or is this not a problem? And so you you can't do that if you're not taking time to to reflect. So... KJ, those are fantastic strategies. And I know we just hit on probably 10, 11 yeah. of them that we talked about. And there's a lot more. But when you as a principal can start implementing these strategies into your own personal life, you're going to effectively start to manage stress and anxiety differently, which is going to lead to enhanced well-being. And that's what we all want. We want to be feeling better when we're healthy and we're happier we're more productive at work it also is going to help build resilience and in, in understanding that you know the job that we have can kick our ass it can really kick our ass i mean it can be really feel overwhelming but when we're doing some of these strategies it's going to help build resilience so you can go through those challenging times and this is going to help with your overall leadership um uh, effectiveness Again, we've talked about this a lot, but it's just a healthier work-life balance or integration. I mean, you know, a lot of people we've had on the show have said, well, you can never balance. Mm -hmm. You can't be perfect balance. Well, yeah, probably can't. But how do you integrate it to be healthier, right, and create that foundation for positive mental health, which ultimately is going to positively impact you, uh, your leadership role in the high stress environment that we have as, as principal. So Kev, let's wrap up the show. My yeah. favorite way to wrap it up advice. What, what is one piece of advice we're going to wrap the show up with that principals could start using right away? What's one? I'm going to go with intentional self-care. Okay. And when I say I like intentional, word intent, I, like I heard you say it earlier, scheduled. If you are not being intentional about taking care of yourself, what does that say? What does that say? I mean, really, don't you want to be the person to your loved one or your family or your friends that says, hey, I want to be around a long, long enough 
to impact your life in a positive way. Well, in order to do that, you got to take care of yourself. Okay. You have to be intentional about it. You have to say, this is what I'm doing on Tuesday at whatever, 4.30 PM. This is what I'm doing to take care of myself, whether that's physical activity, whether that's mindfulness or meditation, relaxation, um, you know, incorporating hobbies or things that you like to do. Just be intentional about it and take care of yourself. It's It sounds simple. It's not, but... I love it. How about you? That's how awesome. about you? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, bud, is that, and this is personal for me, but you can't, you, you can't do this job by yourself. You're going to need to seek support and you're going to need to connect with others. And don't think that you're too big, you're too strong, you know, you're going to look weak if you go seek support. That's not the case. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's okay to go seek support, connect with somebody that can help you. But if you're actively seeking that support and connection with, if it's colleagues, mentors, professional therapists, that is going to really help you. And what it's going to do, and what I found out, is to be able to have that person that I could have some really open conversations with about challenges that I was facing, seeking the guidance, professional guidance. And then it's just that simple connection that you have with somebody else to share the experiences of this job, man, because we are going through a lot in the role of being an educator and it's good to be able to talk to somebody and connect to somebody that we're doing this, that's doing the same thing. But I think that's so important. Um, it's great. So yeah, I, I just, I think, yeah, those are great little takeaways. So Kevin, as we conclude today's episode, Kevin and I hope that you found valuable insights and practical strategies to navigate stress and prioritize your well-being as a school principal, as a leader, or educator. Hey, remember, your well-being matters. You matter. And by prioritizing your self-care, seeking support, and creating a healthy work-life balance, you can enhance your resilience and leadership effectiveness. Absolutely. Remember, taking care of your mental health is crucial for leading your school with clarity and compassion. Okay? Tune in next time as we tackle another vital topic for school leaders. Keep living and leading with purpose, and remember, it starts with you.